On today's program, I'm going to bring a teaching from my new book, Look Up. In our subscriber portion, I'm going to be talking about some important events happening in Israel right now and answering questions from our subscribers. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Today, I'm excited to be teaching for the first time in depth uh, from my new book, Look Up, uh, Awaiting the Rapture and Our Final Redemption. I'm actually going to be teaching from this for the next four weeks, help you understand, you know, what's in the book, but even really beyond that, uh, give you some, some teaching, some understanding of what we can expect when Jesus returns. And so before I get to the teaching, I want to remind you about our upcoming Tipping Point Conference on September the 16th at Fellowship Church uh, right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I'll be sharing along with Pastor Ed Young of Fellowship Church, Dr. Tony Evans, brilliant scholar and end-time scholar, Jonathan Connor, dear friend, Billy Crone, Dr. Mark Hitchcock. It's going to be a fantastic day. If you're an endtimes.com subscriber, now this is a paid subscriber, not a YouTube subscriber, but if you're an endtimes.com subscriber, be sure to use the exclusive discount code below for a 50% off your ticket. And make sure you use your endtimes.com subscription email address to purchase your ticket. So this is very important now. Okay, so all of our paid subscribers, you get 50% off of your ticket. Be sure and use that code there. Uh, and also, you have to use the email address of your subscription. Okay, because last year, a lot of people showed up at the door with other emails and it caused a lot of confusion. So be sure and match those two. Reserve your seats now at conference.endtimes.com to get the best seats. Now, last year we had a lot of feedback from you guys because a lot of you were frustrated because you know you bought a ticket and you had to sit, sit wherever you could seat, get, get a seat when you got there. This year they're reserved seats. Now, they range in price from $149 to $99. The better seats, the best seats at the very front at the bottom level, at the very front, begin at 149, but we also have the best balcony seats and then the regular balcony seats. So they're, they're all different prices, but you get to reserve an exact seat. If you buy just say, let's say four seats, those are your seats all day long. You know exactly where you're gonna sit when you get there. But I wanna say this now, when you go on conference.endtimes.com and you're registering, a lot of those front seats are already sold out. Uh, we already have hundreds of people that have already registered. If you want the best seats, get on there today and get your tickets. I'm telling you, they'll, they'll go very, very quickly. But we have all on the bottom floor, the top floor, you can get the exact seats that you want and at the price level that you want. But remember, if you're a paid subscriber, you get a 50% discount. We really wanna see you there. Uh, and again, the sooner you get your tickets, the better it will be because you'll have some terrific seats for the conference. I can't wait. It's going to be a great year, a great conference. And we filled up last year. We'll fill up again this year. Be sure and get your tickets now. One of the questions I get asked the most about my book is why I wrote it. The answer to that question is really pretty simple. It's because Jesus commanded us to look up uh, when the end times came. This is Luke 21. I'm going to read you the full context here of his statement. But Luke 21, beginning in verse 20, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her, for these are the days of vengeance, that all things may be written, may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant, to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people." 
and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, okay, look up, lift up your heads. Get your perspective right and be excited because your redemption draws near. And that's what I want to talk about. This is what I talk about in the book here is the whole subject of redemption and why it's so important. And when you understand redemption, you want to look up. You want, you're, you're so excited at the thought of Jesus returning. And that's why he told us to look up. Don't look around and get all depressed at everything that's happening in the world, even though we need to un understand what's happening in the world and be able to understand it in light of Bible prophecy. And so everything, everything in that passage, by the way, has been fulfilled or is being fulfilled. By the way, it began in AD 70 when Jesus was talking about what are those who are nursing babies? He was talking about when the Romans invaded Israel in AD 70 and conquered Israel, destroyed the city of Jerusalem, killed over a million Jews, led the rest captive. Then he says Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by Gentiles until the times the Gentiles were fulfilled. That happened in 1967 when Jerusalem was reunited under Jewish control. But he said there'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity. That's what's, hap that's what's happening exactly right now. We've had unbelievable signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and I've taught about that. Uh, we have such perplexity right now with the world problems that are going on. I'm going to talk about Israel here in just a little bit. Jesus directs us, and he said, whenever you see these things begin to happen, look up, your redemption draws near. Well, let me say this. The, the single most significant truth in all of Bible prophecy is the certainty of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Did you know that the second coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus, okay, the rapture, the second coming, all those things, it's mentioned 329 times in the Bible. It's the second most frequently mentioned doctrine in all of Scripture. Only salvation is mentioned more than the return of Jesus. There are 216 chapters in the New Testament. Uh, and they contain 318 references to the second coming of Jesus, which means one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament is talking about the return of Jesus. Only four books in the New Testament don't mention the return of Jesus. This is how important this truth is for us to be able to understand. And so when Jesus says men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things coming on the earth is happening right now. People are dying right and left all over the world. Men's hearts are failing them, literally. And some people say, well, it's because of COVID. It's because of the vaccine. It's also just because of stress. The stress is on the world. But, but think about that. Jesus says men's hearts will be failing them from fear. But this is 1 Thessalonians 4. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Terror, fear, men's hearts failing them from fear or comfort. And so comfort is what I do. Comfort is what I try to help people to understand is Jesus said, when you see these bad things starting to happen, your redemption is about to take place. And so, but what does that mean? What does it mean to be redeemed? Well, 
In Luke 21, 28, when Jesus said, your redemption draws near, it, it first of all means to, to ransom somebody, to pay a ransom to get a person out of a dangerous situation. Well, Jesus, our salvation began uh, on the cross when Jesus died for us, the resurrection. So we're saved and on our way to heaven, but we're still hostage in a, in a, war, in, in, uh, in a, in a world under uh, war between good and evil. We, we still live in the midst of an evil devil and trying to, trying to harm us and trying to get us to harm ourselves. And so when Jesus comes, he redeems us, but it also means much more than that. Galatians 3 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles uh, in Christ Jesus. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse. That word means to buy back. It means to take to take back what was stolen, to take back what you lost. Well, the question is, well, what did we lose? We lost everything. When God, God created Adam and Eve in a paradise, they were perfect. They lived with God. They lived in the presence of God. They could not have had a better existence than they had, but they sinned. And God said, in the day that you eat of that fruit, you'll die. And so when they died, they lost everything. When Jesus returns, we get it all back, plus a lot more. He said, well, what do we get back? And this is what I'm going to be talking about in these teachings. We get perfect bodies back. Now think about that for just a minute. A lot of us are suffering, you know, and I'm, I'm just old, you know, kind of getting old and decrepit and, you know, my joints don't work as well as they did and all that kind of stuff. I went to the doctor and got a physical uh, last week and uh, he said they measured my height and he said, uh, well, Mr. Evans, you're six foot one point three. I used to be six, six foot three. I'm shrinking. That's what happens when you get old. I want a new body. I don't know about the rest of you, but some of you have very serious illnesses. You know, maybe you have handicaps that limit you. When Jesus returns in the twinkling of an eye, you're getting, you're getting an eternal body. You're getting a new body. I, I mean, I just can't wait for that. Uh, perfect mind. We get back the minds that God gave us in the beginning. Perfect pleasure. There'll be no more pain. By the way, Eden means pleasure. God created mankind in a place of pleasure because he's a wonderful, wonderful father. He's a wonderful God. He wants us, the Revelation 21 says, there'll be no more pain. The Bible says, in his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We get our identities back. We have forgotten, this book talks a lot about our eternal identity. We, we forgot who we are. In fact, I think a lot of people today that are being taught, especially people being taught about you know uh, evolution, I mean, they think they're the product of, you know, natural selection and they're the descendants of monkeys and things like that. But this talks about, we're going to find out who we really are in Jesus. We get our authority back. Adam and Eve were created to rule the earth. God told them to take dominion over the earth. We, we lost our authority. We have part of it back now. We get total authority back. We get to go home to heaven. We got kicked out of the house. In the Garden of Eden, God made Adam and Eve leave because of their sin. We get to go back to heaven to live with God for all of eternity. We get to be innocent Again, you know, we lost our innocence, that there is a sense of shame and guilt that came on Adam and Eve and all of us because of sin. We get, this is the, the best one that we get is we get perfect intimacy with God. Now, this is the one that I think is the most important is the Bible says now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll see face to face. I want to see Jesus face. It says, it says we will know as we have been known. We will have perfect knowledge of God. We will have perfect intimacy with God. All, all the things that I just said, that's a big, big deal. 
And Jesus said, when you see all these end times things happening, understand it means you're about to be redeemed. I'm about to give you back everything you lost plus some. And so let me talk in this program today about perfect bodies. I just want to talk about the body that God will give us when he returns, when, when Jesus returns. This is Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Listen to that comment. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against his will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must eagerly wait for it, wait patiently and confidently. So Adam and Eve were created in perfect paradise with perfect bodies. They sinned and they were cursed and their offspring was cursed. And this is the, every, everything we're experiencing in the world today is because of Adam and Eve and their sin. And when the Bible says that we're fallen or that you know we're, we live in this body of death, it means death. Adam and Eve would have never died. They had provisional immortality. They would have never died if they wouldn't have sinned. Sickness. God, God never designed for our bodies to be sick, but sickness is a product of the fall. Weakness, frailty, and our sin nature. Okay, so all of those things that are in us, we're going to be delivered from when Jesus comes. See, all we know in this life is the curse and the imperfections that we learn to live with, but they're temporary. When this age is over, and it could be any instant, we get new perfect bodies and everything in our lives is going to be perfect as God originally planned. And here's why this is so important is because we live in a fallen world that's obsessed with appearance and none of us really measure up or, and it can be overwhelming. I mean, the look at the world around us and just the just the, the superficiality of it, the vanity of it. And, you know, they're telling us we should look this way or we should look that way. Well, I can tell you a couple of things. Very few people look that way. And the people who are, I, I read a statistic many years ago that 90% of fashion models have low self-esteem. And when I read that, I thought, what in the, you know, fashion models have low self-esteem. It's because they're constantly comparing themselves to other people. You would think that those prettiest people in the world would be the happiest and most confident. It's the opposite. They're certainly not the happiest. All you have to look, do is just look at all the Hollywood couples that are constantly miserable and divorcing and all those kinds of things. And so we're going to be free from that. In fact, we're going to be perfect, but we won't be vain. It won't be that kind of a thing, but we're going to have perfect bodies some people right now, you have illnesses, handicaps, infirmities. It can be overwhelming. I'm, I'm reminding you that what we're experiencing in this body right now, regardless of how serious it is, it's over. When Jesus comes instantly in the twinkling of an eye, you're going to have a new body. Here's what the Bible says, by the way, about our eternal bodies. First of all, the resurrection of Jesus was a prototype. You say, well, what are our bodies going to be like? Okay, the resurrection of Jesus was a prototype. He was the first fruits of the transformation that's going to happen to all of us. This is what 1 Corinthians 15 says about Jesus. Now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 
For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and authority and power. So Jesus is the firstfruits, and he was raised from the dead glorious, okay? And we remember, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, by the way, this is verse 24, look what happened about Jesus' body. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Now this is verses 50, beginning with verse 50. He led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So here are some of the features of the new body that we see in this text. First of all, it appears out of nowhere. So Jesus, he's, about, he's a part of nature because he's physical, but he just appears out of nowhere, super, supernaturally. Also, it's physical. Now, when Jesus appeared, they just were freaked out, as you can imagine. And it's kind of a funny thing when you read that text. Jesus said, peace, and is scared of death. And so Jesus told them peace, and they were terrified. And he said, wait just a minute, because they thought they were seeing a ghost. He said, touch me, touch me. See, there's a, a heresy called docetism that the early Gnostics believed. The Gnostics were a group of heretics and they believed in platonic dualism that everything physical is evil and everything spiritual is good. And they believed that because everything physical is evil, Jesus could not have come in the flesh. And so they taught that Jesus only appeared to have come in the flesh, but he actually did not exist in the flesh. And John, the apostle John, hated the teaching of that. And that's why he wrote the, the, what we have, our eyes have seen and what our hands have handled. And Jesus said, touch me. Because a lot of people believe when we get to heaven, we're ghosts. We're not ghosts when we get to heaven. We have a physical body, just like Jesus. It's physical, but it's above nature. The other thing is it can travel to heaven without a spacesuit or a spacecraft. When Jesus stood on the Mount of Olives, he went up into heaven. Okay. And so our, our new bodies are going to be fabulous. By the way, he also ate. He sat down and ate with them. We're going to, we're going to love each other physically. We're going to hug each other. We're going to eat. We're going to experience physical pleasure. But we're not going to be limited by our physical body anymore. And by the way, it's also eternal. And so we have these new fun. Can you imagine having a body like that? And being able just to run and not hurt and not get tired and, and to, to be in the presence of Jesus for a million years worshiping him and never, never get bored, never get distracted never get hungry or tired or have to go to the bathroom or have to sit down or anything like that. Our new bodies will be absolutely perfect and will serve us for all of eternity and never die and never get sick or anything like that, never be injured. It's amazing. And so that's what we're about to get back. And the bottom line is that we have a promise from God of a perfect, supranatural and supernatural eternal body that will never age or die. There are two texts in the New Testament that give us the details of how and when we get this body. One of them, I've already read here, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That means those who have died. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. So at the rapture, here, here's what happens at the rapture. And that is, the, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, I think about my dad. Uh, my dad died about 13 years ago. He had six different forms of cancer. His body was just ravaged by the time that he died. And um, his, both, both of his arms were broken because he fell the day before. They gave him morphine, you know, to help the pain. And he was hard-headed and got up by himself and fell and broke both of his arms. His, his body was gone. But he was a dear Christian. My father, I, I know he's in heaven with Jesus. So the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, what does that mean? My father's spirit is in heaven with Jesus, okay? But his body is in the grave. So whenever Jesus comes, returns, the dead in Christ will rise first. My father's, this, this old body. In fact, let me read you 1 Corinthians 15 so that you can see this is what happens to their bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, there's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from one star and another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so it says, is sown in dishonor, is sown in weakness, is raised in power, is sown in corruption, is raised incorruptible, glorious, powerful, beautiful, in the image of Jesus. And so my dad's body, like many of you who have had loved ones go before you in Christ, his body is here, his spirit is in heaven. And when Jesus returns, the dead in Christ rise first and my father's eternal spirit will be reunited with his glorious new eternal body. And right after that, those who, of us who are alive. Paul says those who are alive and remain will be caught up. That's the rapture. It's the, the caught up is one word in the Greek. It's harpazo. In the Latin, it's rapturo. That's where we get our word rapture. And so we are raptured. We are seized. We're snatched away. That's what the word means. So the dead in Christ rise first. Then we who are alive and remain in a moment. Now, this in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says it happens in a moment. That's the word atomos in the Greek, where we get our word Adam. 
it means an indivisible amount of time. Okay, and people ask questions like, well, I think it's a pretty practical question. You know, what if I'm in the shower when Jesus turns? What if I'm in my underwear? You know, what if I'm worse than that or something? It's an indivisible amount of time. It doesn't matter what you're physically doing when Jesus returns. I'm talking about just, you know, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about just where we are and what we're doing. Before you can think, you're transformed. Your body is transformed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We will be changed. We will be transformed. So Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming very soon. And Jesus said, when you see all these things happening in the world, nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, famines, pestilences, you know, the nations in distress with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, that talks about uh, unrest of people. Look at the unrest of people all over the world right now. Okay. Jesus said, don't get focused on that. Okay. You need to be aware of it because it's the signs of the end times. These are the birth pangs. But when you see these things happen, you need to remember you're about to get a new body. Okay. And I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about that. I'm ready for a new body. And in the rest of these teachings, I'm going to talk about the other dimensions of things that Jesus talks about. But this is my book, Look Up. Uh, it's, it has a lot of this information in it about what happens when Jesus returns. And this is a very uplifting book, very encouraging book. If you want to give somebody a book that will encourage them, you know, as a gift or something, just get them this book right here. It will help to teach them about the end times. It will also teach them a lot of things they don't know about what happens when Jesus returns and even the things that are happening right now. So this is, this is from my book. I'll keep teaching on it next week. Hey, thank you for joining me today. If you want to see the full program, I'm talking about what's happening today in Israel related to judicial reform, and I'm also answering questions from our subscribers. To see the full show, go to endtimes.com and become a subscriber. God bless you. See you next time.